Lutheran Schools Week begins today. And it's always a very, very special week. Lots of special things and events and occurrences. It brings me to a question at the very, very start of this message. And the question is this. Why have a parochial school? What moves a congregation to tackle the challenge and to embrace the specialness of providing a ministry that saturates itself into the souls of one generation of students after another, after another, after another. Jesus made the comment in today's gospel that unless you're like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom. And what he's talking about is a child's ability to saturate life A child's ability to saturate life. I look at my grandchildren every time I'm around them. My heart is warmed. There's a smile on my face because I'm watching them saturate life. And I'm seeing what comes out of their hands, their feet, their hearts, and their voices. Why have a parochial school? Because unless you're like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom. And there is no greater time for a saturation to take place in an individual's life than when you're that age, pre-K three through eighth grade. Why? A parochial school. There are 6,000 Missouri Synod congregations There are 690 that have kindergarten through eighth grade, about 10%. Why are we so blessed to have a parochial school? I had much time to reflect upon that question as I was on Tuesday driving 70 miles to the south to a little town called Watsika to a funeral home that was there. The funeral was for a very, very, very special servant of God. He was 76 years of age when God took him to heaven. His name is Ed Sennett. And his story answers very strongly and very gracefully that question. Why a parochial school? The answer is to be found in many different verses of Scripture. But the one that became predominant for me as I knew this gentleman and I knew his life story and I was driving 70 miles to the south, the one verse that became predominant for me was 1 Timothy 4.8. And that verse says this, physical training, you guys, physical training is of some value, but spiritual training is of greater value because spiritual training holds forth the promises of God in your life. It holds the promise of His perpetual presence. Spiritual training holds the promise of the storm should not be what you focus on, but rather the God who's in the storm. The promises that spiritual training brings are found in the entirety of Psalm 139. 
That every path you take on this earth, every step, every thought, every word, it is in the hands of this powerful and loving God. And when you have a spiritual training going on, that thought, that truth, that promise is brought to you continually. Not just in pre-K 3 or 4, but in 1st and 2nd and 7th and 8th grade throughout the entirety of their time in this place. Those truths are brought. And you had better believe that a kindergartner latches on to that truth in a certain way, and a third grader latches on to the truth in a certain way, and a seventh and eighth grader latches on to the truth in a certain way. But throughout their time here, and we pray beyond their time here, the saturation, the spiritual training, is in the promises and the words that come from God. Ed Sennett was a very gifted man. He played baseball. And he played it better than 99% of any boy or girl who ever picked up a ball in a bat. He was the first All-American in the history of Illinois State University. His junior year, his record was 8-2. and His ERA was 2.08. And he climbed up the ladder in baseball until he made it all the way to the Triple A of the California Angels. It was the last game of the season. It was a championship game. And here comes Ed Sennett and he pitches that last game and he wins the game. And there's a guy playing against him in Triple A. His name is Reggie Jackson, who is now in the Hall of Fame. And Ed Sennett strikes him out three times in the championship game. They bring him a bat, Major League Baseball bat. They present it to him after the game. And they said, this season has secured your place with the California Angels. I can hardly wait to see you in spring training. The gifts, the physical gifts, the physical training as an athlete were so exceptional. If you and I watched him in his training sessions, we would stand back in awe and astonishment. One would say that one has a genetic predisposition if you're a superstar in music or athletics or anything else. They said to Beethoven, you were born with this talent. He was deeply offended. He said, I worked hard. They said the same thing to Michael Jordan. You were born with this talent. And Michael Jordan offended easily as he was. He said, I worked hard. Ed Sennett. Physical training to the max. Skill level to the max. But it did not leave him prepared for what was to come on September the 6th, 1965. He was driving back from a ball game His wife and his two children were in the car. A semi-truck hit his car head-on. And in that accident, he was severely injured. His three-year-old daughter was severely injured. And his wife, 23 years of age, and his daughter, 15 months old, they died in the accident. Both of them passed to heaven on that day. Physical training is of some value. But spiritual training is of greater value 
for it holds promise when there is no hope left. And it holds promise when Satan has done his worst. And spiritual training holds promise when the fire has consumed and the flood has drowned and the storm has destroyed. And that's what Ed Senate had. Before the accident ever happened, he had spiritual training. He had the Lord Jesus Christ so strongly in his life. And after the accident, the spiritual training grew like a mountain. And in spite of the worst that Satan could ever do, Ed used that to grow ever stronger in his faith. And now he has in his own life a witness to the power, to the goodness, to the grace, to the healing, to the salvation that God can bring. Spiritual training holds promise for this life and all that life will bring in the realm of the good and the bad, the blessed and the cursed, the darkness and the light, the songs and the dirges, it holds promise. As finely attuned an athlete as Edson it was, the spiritual training was of far greater value. He knew his Lord and Savior. After that accident, they said, you'll never walk again. He walked again, but he couldn't play baseball, not physically or emotionally. He couldn't play baseball anymore. He says, God, where are you going to lead me? I want to have some influence in someone's life. And God leads him to be a teacher and a coach, and he wasn't just any coach. He's one of the most decorated coaches in the history of Illinois sports. If you Google it, Ed Sennett is in the Illinois Coaches Hall of Fame. And as I was there on Tuesday for his funeral, there they stood up, one of his boys, and he said, I'll never forget my dad. Because whenever he went on to the basketball court or the football field or the baseball field, he had a big shiny cross. And he didn't have a cross underneath his sweater. It just stood out there blazing in the lights. And in the 70s, they told him, you need to hide that cross. And he said to them, this cross is who Ed Sennett is. This cross is what Ed Sennett believes. And this cross is what Ed Sennett lives. I am a servant of my Lord and Savior, and I shall not hide that fact. Spiritual training. The knowledge of his promises was the one singular thing in Ed's life that enabled him to survive, to put one foot in front of the other, as he laid to rest his wife and his daughter, and as he wraps his arm around his other daughter and says, you and I and God, you and I and God, and we will do fine. Charles Spurgeon said it over and over again. God is my rock and my fortress. Charles Wesley, the great Methodist, said it over and over again in his writings and in his sermons. He said, my Lord is my rock and my fortress. 
Martin Luther said it over and over again. David said it over and over again in the Psalms. Isaiah said it in his writings. And Ed said it, said it every single day. The Lord God is my and my daughter's rock and salvation. Not only did he pray for God to lead him into a profession whereby he might touch other lives for the kingdom, but he asked God to bring someone into his life. And God did. Shortly after the accident, there's a young lady named Lynn. She's the daughter of a pastor. And she hears that Ed Sennett is coming to the house of her girlfriend and the boyfriend who the girlfriend's going to marry. And she says to her girlfriend, I cannot do this. I'm coming off my own tragedy. I cannot do this. If he is hurting as bad as he is hurting, I cannot do this. And she prayed about it and, and God said to her, maybe you can be of some benefit to this man. Maybe this man can be of some benefit to your own tragedy. Maybe. And she tells the story that when she opened the door and Ed was standing there, she went back into the living room and said to her girlfriend, I'm going to marry him someday. And that's exactly what happened. Ed Sennett said, Lord is my rock and my salvation. Here's what it means. I will keep singing his song to every student that God ever brings into my classroom, to every athlete that God ever puts on the field with me. I won't shove it down their throat, but I will ask him, open a little window, open a door, open it a crack, because I want to share with them my Lord and my Savior, my rock, my salvation, my song. It could well be said of Ed Sennett, they didn't know until they got to heaven, reunited with his wife and his baby. How many students, how many athletes, how many fellow coaches, how many parents were up there saying to Ed Senate, thank you for your witness. My goodness gracious people, why a parochial school? That's it. Spiritual training which is what takes place every single day, is of far greater value for the students, their families, the message that's delivered to their ears and their minds and ultimately to their hearts, the promises of God. And those promises speak un, uh, give unspeakable blessing to the four-year-old and they give unspeakable blessing to the eight-year-old and they give unspeakable blessing to the twelve-year-olds. Why a parochial school? Why are we blessed to be one of only 10% of Missouri Center congregations with so consequential a ministry? To deliver Him. The teachers, to deliver Him. And the children come home and they're singing songs and they're telling their parents about Jesus. So the students are delivering Him to mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. Do you know Him? Do you have Him? Then you have everything. Do you not have Him? Then if you have everything, but you don't have Him, you have nothing. There was a Christian who was in prison because of his faith. 
And he wrote a letter from prison, and in the letter he said, O my Lord Jesus Christ, if I could be in heaven and you were not there, it would be hell. And if I were in hell and you were there, it would be heaven. And then he wrote, In this prison, though I have nothing else, I have you. And because I have you, I have everything. Physical training is for when you play against another team. Who's going to win? Spiritual training is when you are at war. That's why I like onward Christian soldiers. Spiritual training is for when you are at war against the enemy. And the enemy is not flesh and blood. That's why no matter if you have 24 inch biceps, it's not going to help you against this enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the spiritual power. And the spiritual training we need to fight that spiritual power of darkness. God's word. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, put on all the armor of God. His word and prayer and meditation and being around those who help to build you up in the faith. Do you have him? You have everything. Do you not have him? Then you have nothing. Do you wish to know him better? Playbook, Ed Sennett's playbook. And all the prayers that every single day, Ed Sennett would lift up to God. His word and prayer, the two most powerful weapons involved in spiritual training. Let me close with Romans 10:14. It says this. How can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone teaching them? And how can they teach if they have no place to teach? Dear Lord Jesus Christ, bless our parochial school. It's the place where the teachers teach. Bless our Sunday school. Bless our LWML. Bless our choirs. Bless our youth groups. Bless our small groups. Bless our staff and bless our students and their family. May each of us serve our purpose in being the spiritual training ground for someone else. And may we look at the ministry that God has allowed in this place. And may we thank him because we don't do physical workouts in this place. But every group that gathers, I pray they do one thing. The spiritual workout in which we grow ever, ever, ever closer to our Lord. Such things we ask in his name. Amen. Would you rise for a moment? <laughs> Heavenly Father, when Paul wrote the letter to the Philippians and Colossians and Ephesus, and whenever he wrote his letters, he said, I want you to grow in your knowledge of Jesus. I want you to become mature in your faith. 
so that when circumstances come against you, you will have a rock and a fortress upon which you can hold. And not only will you hold on to that rock and that fortress, but you will know him so well that you'll be able to sing in the midst of the storm. And Heavenly Father, I think of Paul and Silas in that prison, beaten so severely, but at midnight they are singing songs to God. And when that earthquake comes, the jailer, having heard them sing their songs, he said, what must I do to be saved? The spiritual training ground for when life comes in its blessings or in its sorrows. May there never be a moment, Lord, for any of us or those we love that we do not realize your presence, your peace, and your strength. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.